I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 18. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm ASD. We've got so much to talk about, considering there's only been one game since we last did a podcast, but I'm really, really looking forward to today's episode. Um, let's quickly get started with Chelsea before we talk about stuff that's way more interesting than actually how Spurs have done on the pitch in the last week. Um, I thought the Twitter meltdown after the Chelsea game, I was laughing at it. I couldn't believe it. There were people raging. It was like, we were 2-0 down going into this game. We were out. What did anyone expect? We lost 1-0. It was disappointing to lose on the night. But people were completely lost it on Twitter. It absolutely fascinated me that people were genuinely gutted that we didn't turn round a 2-0 first leg defeat against the champions of Europe at the moment, one of the best sides about. Um, were either of you at the game? Like, or did you watch it? What did you make of it? Chris, I'll come to you first. I actually, uh, it was a ho- Yeah, I did go. I can't even remember. It was the first game I've been to in ages just because of various covid things and all the rest of it and it was really nice to be back um i was less i was a little bit worried um about uh, that particular chant i'm you yeah. know been trying to lead a campaign called retire the chant on on social media um i think it's, it's done all right actually um in terms of just getting people talking about the right things and and actually you know and exactly what you just said i wasn't expecting to turn it around they are the champions of Europe. You know, the alternative reality is that we gifted them three goals over two games. Um, that given the, you know, some of the personnel that we were missing and, you know, and the fact that we know where we've got some some deficits and, you know, they are a very well organised team and all the rest of it. It could have just, you know, it... Cup game. I'm more worried about this weekend, to be honest. And I was, I had more of my mind on, you know, the game that didn't actually happen. Yeah. The weekend gone past. So, you know, like, yeah, of course, I always want to beat beat Chelsea. Um, of course, I always want to win every game. But you know, I haven't played football in a long time. But you don't make every pass, right? <laughs> and and in the same way, you don't make make every pass. You don't win every game. You don't win every battle. You don't. You know, so I think everyone needs to just take a little de- a little bit of a breath. That's It'll it, be man. all right. It is what it is. All of those things. Football's meant to be enjoyed. <laughs> just take it easy. You don't need to make it your life story. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those ones where we it could have been different, but they they were they're in a, just a different class to us at the minute, and that's fine. You know, we we it just highlighted what we already knew. I thought Kane was excellent. I thought he really was. There's a couple of compilations of him going around of just his contribution I think he needs someone else to pass to or he needs someone to pass yes. to him he's missing a mate and Son isn't that player um Lucas isn't that player however well he's performed this season so um, I, I nothing we didn't know good luck to him I'd be more emotional if it was the FA Cup or even the Premier League but it wasn't and like you said we were looking forward to the North London derby which was a much much bigger game um bothered not bothered I'm, it's hard for people who went knowing we were 2-0 down knowing we were probably going to win that that's a hard game to go to isn't it it's quite a horrible one to pay your money go out late at night listen to them all of that but you know it's football it's what it is a sport what what do you both make of the north london derby being cancelled 
Oh, what a disgrace. The Premier League, what an utter disgrace. I'll tell you where I want to start is Micah Richards. Uh, I'm not sure you saw this. Micah Richards said, um, in my opinion, they, Arsenal, they've done nothing wrong. Let's be honest. Other clubs would do the same thing. It's not an Arsenal thing. Every thick team in the Premier League would look after themselves. And if they say they wouldn't, then they're lying. He was talking just after Wolves played, you know, just after... I think Brentford played with loads of people missing. We're about to play Leicester in two days' time. They've got 10 first players missing. That is a lie. It's it's a lie or it's ignorance. And it obviously, teams will pull any sort of marginal gain to try and get an advantage. But the Premier League, the fact they took into account players who'd gone to African Cup of Nations is a disgrace. People who were just absent for reasons other than COVID is a disgrace. And what's the point in having a first team academy or even a squad? If they've got 11 players, they should have played it. I, I, it, it, they've set themselves a bit of a precedent and it's a bit of a disgrace that Arsenal my, even my went biggest, for it. My biggest problem with it is what you said there. That they took into account injuries, African Cup of Nations, suspensions. That's all irrelevant. I'm like, I'm all for if there's a COVID outbreak for a team, fine. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Delay the game. But they publicly said they had one COVID case. One. And a game's been pushed back because of it. And it's like African Cup of Nations, injury suspensions, that has absolutely nothing. You know that's happening. Injuries and suspensions are part of the game. You know when African Cup of Nations um, tournaments are happening. So you can plan for all of that. I just thought it was absolutely shocking that the game didn't go ahead. The fact they loaned out two players you know, days before. They've just let another defender go out on loan today, Arsenal. So it's like, how is that happening? Like, are they then, all of a sudden, they're not going to play Liverpool in the week then, in the second leg of the cup? Like, what's going to happen there? I just, it absolutely baffled me. And it's frustrating, firstly, because we all love a North London derby, don't we? As much as we hate it, we all love it as well. It's the best and the worst game. Um, So we're all really buzzing for it. Like, I was going with my dad and my brother. It was, was going to be a proper great day out. Um. And now we're at the point where we're, everyone's saying, oh, we're four points off a of fourth with four games in hand. We're at the point now where the games in hand is damaging because yeah. it's too many games because you're going to end up playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday or whatever. And it's like, you're not going to win all them games just because it's too many games in a short period. Um, so I think now it's detriment to us that we're having all of these games called off. And, it, you know, it's not a great. We need to start getting through some of those matches because, you know, at this rate, we're going to be, 35 points behind with two seasons in hand. Do you know what I mean? The way it's going at the minute, it's just becoming a non- nonsense, isn't it? One thing I will say, though, is that the I imagine the rules were made in good faith around around COVID, right? Um, but we also know that things like this, they, this probably got made on the hoof and they probably didn't think about these implications. And you've got to draw a line in the sand when this happens, precisely for all the reasons that Jack's just outlined. It's like AFCON injuries like you know Arsenal fans must have been delighted by Xhaka's sending off because I think that's what tipped them over the edge so you're you're benefiting from your player being ill-disciplined and so you know and and on the Michael Richards point um ASD I kind of think that like there might be some of that anyway like if you do feel like you can game the system you will and I think you know like not to get too political but we live in a we live under the under the rule in inverted commas of a government that will do anything they can to to find their way out of something on a technicality, which is basically what this is. 
So in the same way that we, uh, again, not to get too political, in the same way that we recently learned that Pretty Patel was a, was a gooner. And uh, the gooners have got, as we know, Pretty Patel, Osama Bin Laden and Piers Morgan as their celebrity fans. I mean, this can't come as any surprise. <laughs> uh, and it's also worth taking into account Leeds yesterday, who got a cracking victory at West Ham, which was a really good result for us as well, or in sort of the, the league standings. They named, was it like a 15-year-old on the bench? And they, they, so not only did they have a really depleted squad, Bielsa and Leeds, love them, hate them, whatever. They didn't kick up a fuss about it. They said, we're going to want the game. We're going to, we all want to play. We're a football club. We've, like you said, Asti, we've got an academy. That's the point of it. Um, they had like three or four teenagers on the bench. Like most of their bench had never made a Premier League appearance before. And they got two injuries during the game. And again, just got on with it and, and cracked on and got a brilliant result. And it just sort of goes to show that you can field a team. And it's just like, what type of football world do we now live in where fans are justifying their team not playing? It's like, I, I want to watch Spurs every week, ideally every three or four days, even a depleted squad for the academy players. I want to watch them play. And it's like, I just, I'm, I'm really struggling with it. And you just, especially a game like a North London derby, you just don't want to see that getting pushed back and delayed. So It'd be interesting to see now when they try and squeeze all these games in for us, because yeah. that's the other thing that's frustrating is that we're just going to get told when these rearranged games are going to be played. It's like we're not going to have a say in it. What happens if we go deep into the FA Cup and we can't play on those weekends that are being yeah. suggested? It's like so actually it becomes unfair to us then and we've not really done anything wrong. So frustrating, um, frustrating that the game got called off. None more so than the fact that they were a depleted squad and I really did fancy us to beat them and like properly beat them. I know we were without a few players, but it would have been great, wouldn't it, to have absolutely hammered them. I spoke to my dad and he said he had a dream that we'd beat them 7-0. But he said the weirdest thing was that Lamella scored two. Brilliant. <laughs> but I genuinely what it is, I guess. didn't think it would get called off, though. I just thought there's no way. Yeah. Because you, when you thought about what all the, you know, that Leeds had played them recently with a depleted, and I just thought, well, yeah. how can you, given all those things we talked about, Afcon sendings off, whatever? But I was, I was very surprised. But I guess within the letter of the law as it currently stands, and that's the problem is that that you need to now draw a line in the sand around that law because it's clearly not fit for purpose. Yeah, for sure. Can I? The, the other thing that's doing my head in is uh, the Liverpool. Uh, getting games called off when they I said they you had were five gonna, I thought you were just going to pause after Liverpool. you said Liverpool, there. Liverpool. Oh, that would have been great they have irritated me but the four, the five false positives which means they couldn't play those games now false positive the rate is about 0.5% in the UK so for every um, 200 tests done one of them will say there's a positive test and it actually isn't positive right and so to get five of them it's about one in 30 billion, you know? So, and it's hard to get your your head round numbers like that. So if you think like a million seconds, I think it's, it's 12 days, a billion seconds is 31 years. And so they're 30 times, that. It, 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 the, yeah. they need to be investigated for lying. And I, I, I am fined and give, like, I don't know why Arsenal just, they didn't just say, well, you're going to have a 3-0 loss then, you know, and see what they would have done then. Because we've been knocked out of Europe because of this. It, it made me quite angry uh, with the just 
because it, 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 it just feels like a real messing with the game, which they didn't need to do. Let's not forget the Sandy Gate where we had to play with ill people and things like that. It's it's just a mockery of the game. Anyway, could I... As, as Never forget about, lasagna. I was there that day as well. And honestly, he brought Michael Carrick on in the second half. And before and he was green. And before he came on, he vommed and then went and tried to play. Um, and I'm certain to... the only reason that didn't get called off is because it was the last day at Highbury and they didn't want to yeah. they didn't want to like put a stopper on the celebrations. Yeah. We've uh, got a couple of games this week to just quickly talk about. Uh Leicester away Wednesday night, if it goes ahead. Chelsea away on Sunday. Um two big games, like especially that Chelsea game. We we really need to capitalise on you know, teams around us dropping points. It's, it, they're two tough games for us, Leicester and Chelsea, both away from home. It's going to be difficult. If we could, you know, really pull something out of the bag and pick up four points, that would be amazing. We have to beat Leicester on Wednesday because in my head, going to Chelsea at the weekend, we've got a horrendous record against Chelsea the last, well, last 10, 15 years. I just, I can't see us going there and really getting much. So like, put so much pressure on the Leicester game to get a win. Um, what do you both think about the fixtures we've got this week? I just I think they're tough, but we can we sh- you know we can get something from Leicester. You would hope. Um, I want to see Eric Dyer back. Yeah. Um, and given it's been an illness, I hope he's you know I hope he's back. Although I wonder about his um, I was thinking the other day about his ability to deal with viruses given he was so unwell after he had his appendicitis so I don't know if he's had COVID if it's affecting him in a different way I don't know what is if he's immune you know so Eric I hope your immune system's okay um and I think Chelsea's tough and I also like you know from what I was just saying about earlier about the, that chant I worry about that as well from from the away fans because that's really where it comes from um so yeah all in all I'm not hugely looking forward to it this week but I think four points from those games Jack I'd be delighted I'd be uh, absolutely but, delighted to be honest Chris I'd, if you offered me three I'd probably take that if you yeah, offered me just yeah. one win out of the two games and one loss I'd, I'd probably be like yeah okay I'll have that that might be me being a bit negative but it, they're two tough fixtures yeah, yeah. That's what I'm expecting. Well, Leicester, like, I've got 10 players, 10 first-team players out. And you you saw how bad we were in the Europa Conference League when we had to put a second team out and never played together. We had to patch it together. I fully expect it to be a... I mean, we'll probably be, it'll probably be quite a Spursy result, but I fully expect this to be Conte saying, you cannot lose this. Go and win this game. Yeah. And just, just battering them a little bit, as in... And I don't, I don't think a 5-0, but just a really comfortable 2-0, 3-0, you know, something like that. A goal before half-time, a goal on 60 minutes, and a goal in, in 80 minutes when those players are tired. Like, I really can't... And they're, they're not performing that well anyway, Leicester. Even with the first team, I'd expect to do really well. Chelsea, I just don't expect anything from them. They are sort of in the race, and definitely in the race to get second. And so, they, I fully expect them to... to batter us a little bit to just control the game and win 2-0 again like I really I, I know we gave them gave them the goals last time but they didn't really have to try and I I it's gonna it's gonna be depressing and it's yeah. difficult to see what's gonna change isn't it really from playing them the last couple of weeks to playing them on Sunday we got the same group of players they got the same group it's like yeah. what, what's gonna be that much different really yeah um, um it wouldn't be 
a pod in January without talking a little bit about a few of the transfer rumours that um, have been speculating. Adama Traore is the biggest one, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on him as a player, as a sign-in? 20 million is sort of what's being thrown around. Would you be happy with that? Are you in the camp of let's not go anywhere near him? I don't get it. I, 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 I We said it before, I think you were off, but I, I just don't get it. I know, like, if he can't, if he hasn't learned how to cross or to shoot by now, what do we think is going to happen in six months under Conte? Like he's been in La Mesa, he came from Barcelona, didn't he? I know, I know it's Spursy. We like a player who can run with the ball and then have no end product. Aaron Lennon, Musa Sissoko. You know, we like that. I just, I just don't get what the point of him is. Twenty million is not, a, not an insignificant amount of money either. Um, but. And the thing with Emerson, I don't think Emerson's been that bad either. And he's only 23. He's only 22, 23. He's only just moved. He's He's gone from the Barcelona, going from his dream club to having to be sold to make up space and cash for for someone else. I just, I don't know. I, I don't think he, we're desperately in need of Adama Traore. But they've signed a winger, haven't they? They've signed a really cheap winger. And it, look, and it sounds like it's getting closer and closer. I will offer an alternative perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that it's not just about the fact that we like players like that, you know. Mm. I, you know, somebody who can make those runs, who's going to be, you know, busting into their half, taking players away. I think it will do something different to our game. I can see like it, it being something that Harry Kane can really feed off, for example. Even if the cross, even if the balls aren't like the best crosses in the world and I you know I was uh heard something funny the other day I think it was like you know who's worse at crossing um Tottenham's former right back the current right back or the right back they're gonna have pretty soon <laughs> do you know what I mean um yeah and okay fine whatever but I do think he'll bring something different to our game and actually 20 million quid yes it's not an insignificant amount of money but it's actually not that much but in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but is that the position that we are most in need? That's my that's my issue. And it's like we're desperate for creativity. You know, we're desperate for someone who can create and add to our goal tally because I'm worried about the fact that we're unable to score. Yeah, we look less able to score. And I think Sonny's a real loss, you know, in that in that um, in that light. Um, I... Just my thoughts on Adama. Um, I'm not a massive fan of his. He's one of those players, though, that whenever you're playing against him, he does worry you, even though you know he's not good. It's just that pure yeah. pace. It does make you think, oh, he's, a, that's a, he's dangerous, even though the statistics say he's not. Um, let's talk of Bergwijn going. And for me, Bergwijn going and you get in Traore in for a similar amount of money, I think it's a similar level of player. But we know Bergwijn's not going to do it for us. So actually, like, I'm I'm sort of OK with Bergwijn going and Troy coming in as his replacement. I know there's talk of Troy potentially being a wing back. I think to start with, he's going to be used more in the front three, to be honest, because we've got injuries and not a lot of depth. So it's not a signing that makes me really excited. But if it's a case of Bergwijn out, Troy in, cool. Like, at least we're trying to change the squad up a little bit rather than just sitting on a player in Bergwijn that I think we all agree seemed very promising in these first 10-15 games but actually it doesn't look that fantastic um so if it happens cool if not i'm not gonna lose any sleep over it i agree with what you've just said there chris center midfield 
still think we desperately need another centre back as well. But realistically, are we going to address those areas with the big players that we need in January? Probably not. So mm. someone like Adama might, you know, might make a bit of an impact short term for the rest of the season, might give us a slightly different dimension. You know, realistically, we're not going to go and get the Ruben Neves or the, do you know what I mean, Delit signing that we're all after. It's just not, in January, it's just not going to happen. So we'll see. I don't want to spend too much time on transfers because we're always oh. linked with absolutely everybody. Well, can I give you a list of transfers we did, we have signed in January just to give you a flavour of who we have signed in January's past? Yeah, it's not going to be a great it's not a great list, is it? There are well, some. There's going to be nobody for about three seasons, isn't there? Well, I've gone back to 2010-11. Nice. Uh, to the heady days of Bongali Kumalo. Yeah. So not not a victory. Pinar, not great. And then we had 11-12 Sahar and Nelson on a free. Now for a free. Not that bad, I don't think. Jack's not having it. All right. That was the most disappointing transfer. We were linked with Tevez, weren't we? And there was like <laughs> genuine sort of Spurs could get Tevez and we got Ryan Nelson. Uh, 12, 13. Zeki... I'm sorry to go back, but didn't we? This is what I remember. Didn't we once sign Andy Booth in a January transfer window? He'd probably get a game now, Chris. That's what's so worrying. <laughs> I mean, like that was like, what are we thinking? Yeah. That's where you realise, you know, your ambition is really not there when your when your January transfer window signing is Andy Booth. Is is that right, ASD, or am I, I misremembering? It, it just it doesn't even say about his move to Tottenham. There you go. He, That's how bad it was. It he just did come to us though, didn't he? he? Did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, he it, but it just says like he's retired professional footballer whilst at Huddersfield. It it doesn't. It just he, he came on loan to us and had four appearances, so maybe in 2001. Uh, fine, I'll go through these quickly. 13-14, nobody. 14-15, Delhi, which was a brilliant signing. 15-17, to 17, nothing. Mora, 17-18, decent. 18-19, nothing. 19-20, Gedson Fernandez. I almost <laughs> forgot about him. And Stevie Bergwijn. I had so much penalty. hope for him. Do you remember Gedson Fernandez's penalty? Yeah. And, uh, and actually, both Delhi and Lucas were were they? Delhi was loaned back. Yeah, that's Lucas, true. Lucas, we didn't actually play for those first six months. Really, he spent the because I guess they knew that he was going to be someone important. They I gave him the time to adjust. Yeah. So it's we very know, rare, really, if you think of any player that moves yeah. in January, and there's there's always somebody, but it's on the whole very rare that that amazing signing happens in that window. Just mm. because, unless you find a secret gem from somewhere. It's just not, you know, it doesn't happen that often. Um, yeah. The best bit of football, though, that I've seen all year so far was Serge Aurier in goal in the African Cup of Nations. Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Amazing. I mean, there you go. We were always saying, we, you know, I'd rather have Aurier back in goal than Gallini. So, you know, maybe we missed a trick there. Maybe we've been playing him in the wrong position. Talking of gifting goals, I'm sorry to go back to the Chelsea game, but what was he thinking? Uh... Yeah, it's not great, is it? I'm on the other end of the ground and I could see it was a disaster. Why did we get rid of Gazaniga for Galini? I, I don't know. I do not know. Uh, can I take your minds back seven years to the day? And I'm going to take you back to the 17th of January in uh, on 2015. And we played Sunderland. We won 2-1 with an own goal and Ericsson scoring in the 88th minute. And I think... Larson scored for them, but do you, mean, do you know what the game I'm talking about? And it's a certain Belgian defender. It, do you remember this? It was 
Vertonghen got the offside for the through ball. The, he got the pass to him when he was in our half. And then the goalkeeper was up our end for the goal. And then we scored. That was seven years to the day. Were you there? That I was there for that one. One of the worst refereeing linesman decisions you'll ever see. Because he's not, he's, he's about seven yards in, in our half. It's like, it's not even close. It's incredible. I think that is worse than the Pedro Mendes ghost goal. Uh, yeah. Because that one you, is sort of, that one's behind the keeper. But this one is, it's the basic rules. And everyone in the ground... Everyone in the ground saw that. Everyone knew straight away that the ref had got it wrong. And VAR would have stopped it straight away, right? They would have turned it around. Well, but... Who knows these days, I guess. Oh, yeah, who, knows? who knows? That that line would have come out, wouldn't it? It'd have been <laughs> yeah. a funny the angle and a nose Who knows? <laughs> but that was brutal. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Love it. Love it. You Have you got a um, you got a, one of these new quizzes for us, which you're calling... Before that... Uh, talking we, we like covering women's football have you seen the camp new it's sold out for the um yeah, 85,000 for the america america barcelona versus real madrid um and uh, the men's attendance for the barcelona so far has been 46,000 so that's wow. astounding i just say like what has happened to the classico as a fixture because it was on last week i didn't even know it was on and it was like it's just not got the pull has it now Barcelona in terms of the men's game it's just not what it once was that league because you think like every football fan pretty much in the world when there was a Clasico you were all everyone was watching it weren't you like it was just like you'd sort of stop everything else to watch the game and now you don't even know it's happening and I, I was literally I was at training myself last week and someone was like oh I didn't know it was a Clasico tonight well neither did we and it's like yeah, bizarre I mean you just can you tell me I the the lineups I I could tell you the you know that in some of the like the five nil game where Barcelona oh. I think I could do the the lineups for both of them now but now you can hardly talk but who's the superstar like Vinicius Junior maybe like you you, you it's can't Benzema isn't it it's Benzema, it's Benzema. Is still class but also Ancelotti doing a cracking job there Everton Benitez is gone they could get dragged into a relegation scrap no because I was hearing on Talksport today that one of the favourites for the job is Wayne Rooney. That would be amazing. But they gave him, it's not just the manager, because they made him like director of football. They they put four or five jobs into him and they've all gone now. So there's just no one at the top of Everton. And they have spent so much cash recently. I just, I mean, James Rodriguez, he was tearing it up at the beginning of last year, wasn't he? Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, he's just gone now, hasn't he? Yeah, that was crazy. While we're quickly talking about women's football. Yes, we oh, were brutal oh, game. We, it was brutal yesterday. So a bunch of us went down, obviously, and I wasn't—I wouldn't have been able to go if the North London derby was on. And actually, we totally bossed it. They had no shots on goal. We had all the possession. You know, we should have—you know—we should have put the game to bed earlier. And it was a classic Spurs, which actually the women's team haven't done this season. We should have put the game to bed earlier. They had one shot on goal, and it looped into the corner. Yeah. It was, and it was literally the last kick of the game. It was absolutely gutting gutting yeah it wouldn't be spurs chris would it if it if you didn't leave without feeling but that, i mean you know i mean i love the team obviously and they were you know and it, but again it's a very similar you know the conversation we were having in the stand was got to figure out getting a goal scorer and rachel williams don't get me wrong is brilliant but she's 34 and and she can't do it on her own and she certainly can't you know, and all of those things. So in the first half, 
we weren't playing with a recognised striker. It was almost like a false nine in the first half. And Rosella Ryan had a, you know, she had a good game. She ran, you know, whatever. She scored the pen, but it's not the answer to play like that. So yeah, but it was they're doing, gutted. They're doing fantastic in the league though. Oh yeah, brilliant! Absolutely fantastic. You yeah, considering I'm, like, is this the third season in the Super League, or is it just the second? It's the but, third. The, the third, do you know what I mean? Just, yeah, the, there was a great piece in the Times about Rianne Skinner and what she's doing and how how fit she's got everybody and the belief they've got and about Helen Richardson-Walsh's position as the performance psychologist and what a difference that makes. You know, so that's why it was even more sort of galling because we're starting to get a little bit of the recognition that we deserve for actually what a good job Rianne's doing. Um, so, yeah, but it, yeah, it was gutting, but there you go. There you go. So yes, uh, it's time. This is time, and it is. It's now going to be a feature. Like I've, I've got, okay. like, so we've got one for next week already, and it's actually going to be named after something you said last week. So the game is called Maldini or Rodon, and <laughs> love it. The, That's um, amazing. You'll do well to find a better um, feature name on any sports podcast <laughs> in the world than that. I agree. <laughs> So Maldini or Rodon, just for those of you who haven't been listening uh, for just last week, I've got a list of two footballers. I've it, It's very difficult to put down what I mean by it, but it's, well, I'm going to ask these two, which one are you having? And it can, it, it's not like who's the best, but it is like who's the best. You know what I mean? You, you know it when you see it. And it's not, and... What I've done is I've gone through and marked which are the ones I'm having, and then Jack and Chris get a point if they match the ones that I'm having. There is debate. I've already seen debate with some numpty on Twitter who has been running their mouth off about the Beckham versus Silver debacle from last Speaking week. Making a lot of sense that person was. Well, uh, I'm not having it, and. Uh, so I'm going to go for it. I've got quite a lot. Now, last week I said I was going to do the worst players, but it's really difficult to do the worst players because you've forgotten most of them, or at least I have. So I've gone, I've got a Spurs bunch, I've got a middling bunch, then I've got a very good bunch. And you just have to tell me which one you're having. Uh, so the first one of the Spurs bunch is Danny Murphy or David Bentley? Danny Murphy. I want to say Danny Murphy, but I've, after for that goal, David Bentley, and for having that water, did he dump the water over Harry yeah. Redknapp as well? Just yeah, for thanks. that, I'm going to say David Bentley, and also just so I can be contrary to Jack. So yeah, David Bentley. That is the correct answer, Chris. Um, <laughs> what you know what what happens is Chris he doesn't write the results down. He just waits for whatever one you pick, and then goes, "That's the correct answer." Mate, I've got an email to someone. I think that's with unfair these... and is and is a is a slight on ASD's integrity. It is, it is but <laughs> nothing less than I expect. Question that today, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mido or Kevin Prince Boateng? Oh my God! And this is dead Tottenham careers. Because Kevin Prince Boateng scored one of my favourite goals in the Champions League against Barcelona. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna go first. I met Mido once. He's one of the most mis- only very briefly in a car park. He's one of the most miserable people I've ever come across. So I'm gonna say Kevin Prince Boateng. If oh, not for anything else apart from that, he's got the name Prince in his name. I'm gonna go for Mido just because of the the goal against West Ham. 
That's a guy. I didn't really think about that. I've got Kevin Prince Boateng. Me though is always. I, I always remember that uh, interview where, he, where someone asked him, um, "What would you do if you didn't play football?" He just said nothing because I'm rich. Like he comes from a very <laughs> and rich also family. Me though, crack him follow on Twitter. There, there'll he? be nothing for months, and then he'll just pop up with something extremely controversial. <laughs> right. This is the big one: Bongali Kumalo or Victor Janssen, Vincent Janssen, Jack. I mean, it has to be Janssen. Because like, he played. He kicked a ball for us. <laughs> but did he? But you're saying potentially Janssen kicking a ball might have done more damage worse. Yeah. than Kumulu <laughs> not kicking a, a ball. <laughs> That's what you got to think about. Just what? for his, I go Janssen as well, just for his Buble esque good looks. I've gone Janssen because he, he tried. He was just way out of his depth. Yeah. Uh, this is a really hard one. In G or in Kudu? <laughs> Chris, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I mean, hey. how can you? Like, I don't think I watched either of them enough to be able to differentiate. This is the question we asked the question. I think I'll go with Nkudu because he Gosh. came on and did a Maisie run once that I remember, and I don't remember Ng at all. <laughs> the only memory That's all I've got. The only memory I've of both of these players is Nkudu crossing the ball for Winks at Fulham, and Ng crossing the ball for Lamella at home to Man City. And it's like, what one do I prefer? I'm going to go with Clinton and G. Uh, I could, didn't remember that one, so I've got in Kudu as well. So, Chris, I mean, you've got all four of them right so far. <laughs> uh, Rebrov or Soldado? Rebrov. Jack. Oh, sorry, no. No, nah, to be fair, I would have. Rebrov, 100%. I was behind the goal at West Ham when he scored one that just like it was in the air and then it dipped. And it was against West Ham and it was brilliant. And he so, yeah, scored many it. goals, Rebrov, but some of the goals he scored were good. And you forget, Soldado missed an open goal after we'd already scored and we were off oh, celebrating. So, amazing, Rebrov probably just shaves it. I'm, I mean, I might be wrong here. I've got Soldado just because he did score penalties. He did. That's what he did. Uh, like I said, I might be wrong. I'm quite happy to be wrong on that one. But it doesn't matter. Cause I'll just give you both a point. There you go. Then uh, that, that's good. So Jack doesn't have zero. There Chris you go. gets a point. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saha or Pavlyuchenko? Jack. Pavlyuchenko, more consistent, good finisher. Saha had a good debut. <laughs> Such a good way of wrapping it up. <laughs> I can't. I can't add to that. I can hundred percent yeah, confirm right. the Jack. That, that debut was so much fun, wasn't it? That Newcastle game. I I remember having the time of my life at that day. Uh, this is the... Oh, no, we've got three more Spurs runs. Luka Modric or Gareth Bale, Chris? <gasps> yeah. That's Ask, so hard. Asking the questions no other podcast right. dares to answer. Well, I'm, I know ASD's going to have gone with Bale. And I love Gareth Bale. And he pulled us out of so many holes... You know, particularly where I sit at White Hart Lane, there was that time, that AVB season. He basically scored a goal that won us a game in front of me on like four occasions. Yeah. Having said that, there's something about Modric and just the way he moved around the pitch and where he could see a pass and what he did with the football. Oh, God, I don't know. Modric. Jack. I'm going to go Bale. And my reasoning is that I just think Bale was 
one of the few destructive players that I've ever seen play for Spurs, and that's the only way I can slightly differentiate them. Modric's normally more, more my type of player, but Bale was just was insane that last season. Yeah, that last well, and the, the Champions League season as well. Just the things he did to, I mean, he retired a player for he retired Mykon, a great a great great right back. I've got Modric because. Uh, Bale's always annoyed me because he's got a poor first touch and uh, that's always really irritated me. Um, and there's no better player. So of a similar ilk, Kirikes or Gilberto? Oh, my word. I think Kirikes for the video of him in the snow. I love that. Makes me laugh every time. And in there somewhere was a footballer in Kirikes. I just think we never managed to, we never managed to kind of sculpt uh, to get the to use the clay properly, uh, but Gilberto was I think it was done by the time he got to us. I'm I'm actually going to go with Gilberto. Reason being is that I knew he was going to be terrible, so I didn't it didn't panic me when he was. Whereas Kirikes, he joined and you think oh you know it, it could be half decent this guy and he started doing cross turns in his own box and back in on the halfway line. I hate, hated everything about him. The picture of him signing when he was at the airport, he had this really weird tight T-shirt on. He said, what the hell sums the man up? <laughs> and do you remember, it was a Europa League game. He's the last man. There's a player, an opposition player, running down on him and he flicks it up over his head yeah. and turns around. Mental. I've gone Gilberto. So, Jack, you've got a point and Chris, you do not have a point. So, I mean, well done. I'm going to have to save that, just that bit of audio. Cause... Yeah, clip it. Uh, Berbatov or Celez? Chris, by oh, your face, then, Chris. <laughs> oh my god, that's really hard. I mean, you know, when I think of Berbatov, I think about that time when the ball fell out of the sky and he just and how he controlled it, I'll never know. And again, some of the things he could do in, in that really languid style and all the rest of it. However, I think Les Ferdinand at that time was brilliant because the team wasn't very good and by the time Berber was there Michael Carrick you know there, there was there was actually a team formed behind him so I think what Ferdinand did when the team was less good you know when the midfield had Sherwood in it for example like I think I'm going to go Ferdinand and just because I like him I'm Jack? Definite, definitely going Berbatov just one of the silkiest players I've ever seen for Spurs just uh, unbelievable yeah Berber's lazy Ferdinand what he did uh now we're into uh <laughs> non non-spurs players okay. this is so when when i thought of mid inning players this was the first name i thought of and then what i did was i had to try and find a player that i thought was similar enough to make it a difficult decision so i've gone gabby abonglehor versus sean wright phillips jack um Probably Sean Wright Phillips for me. Agbon Lahore, I only really remember him having a good couple of seasons. Like Wright Phillips was decent for a few years at City and at Chelsea, so he, he edges it for me. Chris? For for actually for the same reasons I thought Agbon Lahore, because actually I think he had more of an impact on Villa than Sean Wright Phillips had on City at that time. And that and actually if you were probably gonna talk to Villa fans, they'd have better things to say about Agbon Lahore in relation to how what City fans would say about Sean Wright Phillips so Agbon Lahore for me that's where I went because Jack I think you're the (laughs) the heart of what you're saying is right but then there's a bit where Agbon Lahore for those couple of seasons he was 
quite scary. Whereas Sean Wright Phillips, you never know what he's going to do. It was always a bit a bit crazy. Um, Coutinho or Mares, Chris. Mares. I think Coutinho did all right, but I think he, you know, you don't, if a player's that good, as good as I thought Coutinho was, why would Liverpool have sold him when they sold him? Um, you would have kept hold of him. And I think Mares did amazing things for Leicester. You know, Leicester probably wouldn't have won the league if it wasn't for Mares that time. And now he's gone on and, and, and you know, and he continues to perform. So, yeah, Mares. I, I agree with that. Mar- I think Mares is one of the most underrated players in world football. He's so good. He's got one of the, if not the best first touch I've ever seen. It's remarkable. Um, yeah, him, him and Vardy, him, Vardy and Kante won a Premier League, really, mm. between the three of them. So, mm. Morris, definitely. All right, then. Uh, Carl Walker versus John. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you oh, sorry, agree yes. Yeah, yeah, Morris, 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 yeah. The only um, way I'll get points, Chris, is if you go first and I just agree. Well, it's 11, it's, let's see what scores are. It's 10-5, so you, you can't do that. Not that bad. I can't do it. I just I can just lose by the margin I'm losing by now. Carl <laughs> <laughs> uh, Walker or John Arisa, Jack. Carl Walker. Again, massively for me, massively underrated player. He's been one of the top right backs in Europe for the last five six seasons. Like he's a brilliant player, Walker. So definitely, Arisa scored some unbelievable goals. Good player, but not in the same ilk as Walker. Chris. I agree with I agree with Jack. I think Walker's and Walker's been consistent for many other years for for many years. I think Carl Walker is stupid and he's only good when he's got good players around him. Whereas John Anarisa won the Champions League in an awful team. Uh, I, you know he he helped win the Champions League with an awful team around him. So it's or you argue that he was part of the awful team and they had <laughs> Steven Gerrard. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. Yeah. Fine, that's I'm overriding myself. Uh, this one, Chris, because you you didn't you refused to answer some with uh, shit bags in it. I've made a shit bag question. So you have in uh, John Terry or Luis Suarez. <gasps> <laughs> I, I do not accept the premise, and I'm not answering. I'm forfeit all my points not to answer this question. She's doing an Arsenal. <laughs> that's brilliant. No way. No Luis Suarez. This is right, Jack. Well done. Uh, <laughs> keep doing these questions. Doing that. I can close yeah. the gap now. Um, Steed Malbronk or Craig Bellamy? Who's going first? Chris. Well, Bellamy's Welsh, but I'm not <laughs> playing to. A, I'm not playing to ASD. <laughs> I would say Malbronk just because he played for us, actually, because I, d- I don't really care or know very much about all of them, about any of them. And Craig Bellamy used to like run and run and run, but I think his end product wasn't great. And actually, Malbronk on his day, and particularly if you think about what he did with Fulham, was actually a very influential player. So Malbronk. Jack, I'd go Bellamy to be honest. I think he's again. I think he was quite an underrated player. He was. He was part of the team when City first got their money that, you know, just started getting them going. He must have been there when they won their first league title as well. Obviously, good crew at Liverpool, played for quite a few Premier League clubs, must have racked up quite a few international appearances for Wales as well. Was like, oh, he was always a top player, Bellamy. I'm surprised he never played for Spurs at some point. Yeah, He was one of those. He's sort of been around a lot of clubs and you default in the Redknapp years. He might have been someone that would have gone and got but Bellamy. 
Yeah. Um, I went Bellamy. The, forget the Welsh bit. It's I, I think he's just underrated. He always did it. Like, always. Big game player as well, wasn't he? Massive game player. And I think um, there was a game when I was growing up. So, in 2002, so how old was I? 15, 16. We beat Wales. Uh, we beat Wales. We are Wales. We beat Italy 2-1 at home. Simon Davis scored, set up by Bellamy. And then Bellamy scored the second. I think Del Piero scored their goal. And it just makes me very emotional. But, but I think Bellamy's massively underrated. Uh, but I still... What did do to John Arnorisa? Yeah, they had, a, they had a, a, a violent disagreement. But uh, he's also done... He's also built tons of hospitals, which he never talks about and things like that. I think... Uh, we don't know what John Onorisa said or did, so I, I'm I'm going to plead the fifth. Um, uh, Chris, David Seaman or De Gea? Obviously, we've got Arsenal things in here, but if we forget that for a minute. Uh, Seaman, I think, you know, like the top of his game for so long, you know, that Arsenal team that won all the things that it won, I think wouldn't have been the same without without David Seaman there. And I also just like remember the chance of Seaman, Seaman, Seaman during the Euro 96, which just made me laugh. I was 22. It was hilarious. There's that joke, isn't there, about why does Ronaldinho make an excellent lover? Lover because he can lob semen from 40 yards. Now, I remember that one from school and I never I didn't understand it then. But I'm a bit like, is that what an excellent lover does? You know? Yeah, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would agree as well. Dave Seaman is one of the. If you were doing a all-time Premier League side, he's been, he's in the conversation for goalkeeper. Like I, I don't think David De Gea is in the conversation for it. As brilliant as he is, yeah. Right, we're yeah. gonna have to speed up. Sorry, I didn't realise I've done so many. Uh, so Chris, Gerard or Fabregas? Gerard. Jack. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? We're into the. I think the athleticism of Gerard and what he can, you know, and his leadership, um, I think kind of tips him over. And also not an Arsenal player. I think Gerard, Gerard, yep. Because I think Gerard could do what Fabregas could do on a pitch, but Fabregas couldn't do what Gerard could do. That's my only logic there. All right. Uh, Jack, quickly, Crouch or Defoe? Defoe. Defoe. Really? I went Crouch. Um, purely because Crouch just could play with so many more different types of players and he had a good touch for a big man. Um, more effective. Defoe was much more effective than Crouch. I think Defoe would score goals in any team, any level, any style of play. Defoe get your goals. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you both got a point. So it doesn't, oh, no, you didn't get a point, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, Mark Poom or Ben Foster, Chris? Remember Mark Poon, really short. Yeah, no, I do remember him. I'm just wondering why he's even in the conversation. I think Ben Foster's I, a bit of a goalkeeper. Fine. I, the, um, I, I disagree. I've got Ben Foster, definitely. ASD's going to disagree, obviously. That's what Mark... Oh, I put Ben Foster as well. Oh. Just fine. Uh, then I'm going to go... Um, I'll skip these ones because they're silly. He's uh, a next week. You know, Maldini or Rodon, I'm... I think maybe maybe one one uh, maybe I'll take it next week. Let me do Maldini or Rodon next week. And then... <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. I'll have a rotor. Uh, a Rodon rotor. I love that. Uh, Davos Suke or Batistuta? Batistuta. Or an international. Yeah, Jack. Great. Yeah, great. Uh, Gascoigne or Edgar David? Gascoigne. David. Oh, Jack. 
pulls a point back. There's only four behind now. Uh, Marcel Desailly or Eric Cantona, Chris? Eric, 100%. Cantona, it has to be. Like, it has to be. If it, Desailly is one of the best centre-backs and uh, he's won the Euros, he won league titles, he's won the World Cup. I, I went Desailly. Anyway, uh, Klinsman or Figo? Jack? Um, Figo. Klinsman! Jack, with another point, he's only three behind. Uh, Cafu or Roberto Carlos? Chris? Oh, that's hard. It's really difficult. I think just for that free kick, Roberto Carlos. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I went Cafu, but I th- it's, it's paper thin, isn't it? Um, do you remember the tournament he scored that free kick in? This is one of my bits of trivia knowledge. It was it was a tournament before France '98 called Le Tournoi. Uh, Brad Fiedel or Pepe Reina? Well, that's a Jack. good one. Um, Brad Friedel. I had a soft spot for Brad Friedel. I go Friedel just for the sheer number of games that he played at the top level. Just seems nice, doesn't he? Uh, Heskey or Carragher, Chris? Heskey for his middle name. I always remember Heskey's middle name, which I think is amazing. Ivanhoe. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And that, to be fair, that might have even changed my decision. To be fair, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd probably go Carragher. I always quite liked him because... It, he struck me as one of them players that he w- he wasn't the best player, but he's a good character. Uh, yeah, Jamie Lee Duncan Carragher, that's who uh, I went for as well. I think Heskey did that really irritating celebration. Do you remember the the one yeah, where he held, the held head? Yeah, didn't like that. So Jack, I mean Jack, you are one two points behind now. Yeah. Uh, this is a hard one, and you are both going to disagree. Mark, sort of giving it away, but Michael Carrick or Gary Speed. Michael Carrick. Jack. So, go on, Chris. Yeah, Michael Carrick. Well, all-time list of Premier League appearances. Gary Speed is sixth, I think. So, I went with Gary Speed. Yeah, but, just as a counter, Gareth Barry's top. So, (laughs) yeah, fine, right. Good shout, Jack. I'll change my answer for that. I'll change my I mean, you both got it right, so I'll... I'll, uh, Evra or Gary Neville? Jack Evra. I'm going to disagree. I think I think given the levels of consistency, the the amount of time he was at the top of his game and everything that he won, Gary Neville. Uh, Jack Azard or Van Persie? Who got the point for that? You I did. Your three yeah. points ahead now. You're Hazard just so panicking, Chris. Are you? It's not so clear. Yeah. A pressure in there. Yeah. Um, what We've was got that? Ha- six Hazard left. Or... Azard or Van Persie? Van Percy. Hazard. Chris. Hazard. Oh, 100%. Jack's got another point. Uh, Chris, Kane or Drogba? Kane. Kane. Uh, Jack, Van Dyke or Ferdinand? Rio, Ferdinand. Oh, Not Anton. Makes, makes it a bit tougher, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, Rio. Yeah, Rio. Two points in it somehow. Uh, uh, Chris, company or Vidic? That's a hard one. Company. Jack? Vidic. Oh, I went company. 
because I mean he was so persistent, wasn't he, throughout that yeah. talk? And that goal, and that goal. Oh, that yeah, just oh. and that bit in which the 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 documentary where he's watching the Man United game round his in-laws' house in Manchester, which is just a normal small house in Manchester, uh, and he's there and he's really expensive clothes and he's wife or girlfriend's own expensive clothes and he's next to his father-in-law who's a massive Man United fan Man United lose and and he goes crazy and starts phoning all the uh, the other players brilliant uh Henri or Rooney Chris oh. oh Jesus Christ man he's not in it Rooney just for for breaking the Arsenal streak Apart from anything else, for breaking the Arsenal streak, Rooney deserves to get it. I'd I'd go Rooney. I think he is one of potentially, if if not the best Premier League player. And again, he's so underrated, underappreciated. How good he was! I think so. By Man United fans, I chose Henri. I mean, it doesn't matter. I chose Henri just because of utterly devastating. Just utterly, and I know he's scum, but all that, but utterly devastating. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, a wonderful, wonderful player. Like, yeah. that was a really hard one. And to finish us off, Maldini or Rodon? <laughs> Chris? Oh, well, one close. point ahead. I don't know how it's happened. You're one point how ahead. How can I only be one point ahead? I mean, I can tell you, I can read them back to you, but you're no, one. No, Chris, no, 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 it's fine, given, it's fine. Given how ASD answers this, this could go either way, this one. Maldini I know, it could do. But you know what? I'm just going to go with the correct answer. I'm not going to try and game the system. Maldini, ASD. Roden. Roden. Jack scores the open goal for the draw. <laughs> Brilliant. Bravo. There you go. I'll play that game for hours. Great. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll set some up for next week. Oh yeah, Charles. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to Charles. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Maldini or Rodon. Thank you very much. I'm enjoy. It's really hard to pull together. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's hard. Yeah, but... What a game. That was brilliant. Well, look, an, another uh, another big week ahead. If we play, who mm. knows? We might be podding in a week's time with no more games to talk about, and it'll just be an hour <laughs> of Maldini or Rodon. So. <laughs> Let's hope for everyone's sake there are a couple of matches for us to talk about. Um, whatever happens in those games, remember, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff.
We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.